Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Weekly Cheek Podcast. I get FOMO for everything, which is bad. I wish I didn't get FOMO for fucking fights. But... (laughs) You haven't fucking offended me. You're just so fucking wrong, and you are, like, you are being awful. You know how your parents always say, like, I don't like that friend of yours when you're in primary school, and they're always right? Yes, hate that. I was also (laughs) right about my parents' friends. Ah. Welcome back to the Weekly Chick Podcast. Welcome. We are here to talk to you today about problematic family members. And loved ones. I want to say loved ones are the people who can be like my fucking friend. Yes. But that's a tough, I mean, sorry, not to get into it straight away and burst out, but there is a difference between family and loved ones because it's easier to flick friends. Yes, yes. I think the other thing is, um, you know, our audience is predominantly young people. Young people are predominantly the ones who have these problems because you're dealing with older family members who... As they age, become often more conservative. Yes. I was asking people about this recently. I put up a poll question, which I didn't think we were going to do this, but it, it came up. Where I was asking people um, if they find that, like, their parents have gotten more conservative with age. And people staunchly agreed or disagreed. Some people were like, my mum's never been more feminist. Interesting. And some people were just like, it's just getting fucking worse. I had to like end it, you know? Yeah. Wow. My dad is getting more progressive with age. I love that. I wonder what that difference is. Like, what is that, what is that moment that defines what, what way they go? Like, what is it? I think for my dad, it's my sister and I getting more progressive and more politically active and then talking about it more yeah i mean that could just be me like fully claiming the um you know the the props or whatever but i think that's why my dad listens so he can tell me if that's wrong call me Rick. Um, <laughs> so i think that's interesting my mum's always been a feminist um and went on strike for went on strike and marched for maternity leave nice she lovely always tells me about um, so yeah, I guess we're probably going to be talking more theoretical most of the time. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's different with friends. Um, for me personally, where I'm at in life, uh, I know that apparently you're supposed to like see more shades of gray as you get older, but I'm at the point where I'm like, not seeing them. Exactly. It's more like, I'm really at the point where if you, disagree with me politically on certain issues i'm like really not interested in like being your friend yeah to be honest i put up a poll yesterday chick media co on instagram how do you cope with or respond to problematic loved ones no i actually haven't seen these at all i'm just fresh opening them oh a surprise a surprise for both of us (laughs) i just use facts humor or feigned shock that they think such a horrible thing shame works oh my god that is so smart shock also, wow. we both know and love this person that said this. This is... I like that your real react was like, ah, but it is our friend. Act shocked. That is so smart. Mm. Oh, my God. I've never thought about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is so genius. It is. Because you, you pretend that's a really na- natural reaction. Like, oh, whoopsie. You know, yeah. like. Mm. Oh, my God. That, this has revolutionized my whole life. Hot tip from one of our incredible <laughs> followers. <laughs> Um, a lot of people say things like drop the subject and move on because self-preservation. Yeah, that doesn't really apply to me, but I know lots of people. It doesn't apply to them. me. I fucking go in for the kill. I do. <laughs> yes, <same. laughs> like it hurts me more to be like, I'll just leave it. Because then I'm just like, oh, I should have said this. Yes. But I actually will say like, I think it's different for me because I actually come from a family that's incredibly temperamental. Like on both sides, there's a lot of, um, and I don't think they can disagree with this either, like, 
on both sides there's a lot of like quick snap judgments and I'm not talking to you right about a lot of family things like not about politics but like mm-hmm. my family's I there's not really ever been a point in my life where everyone was talking to each other right like there's just constant conflict and actually a lot of the source has been my parents interesting and like love them well not really but love them they're my parents but they have often been at the center of those conflicts okay and they do like not I wouldn't say love the drama but it's they, like unapologetic. They or? are usually part of the problem. Yeah, there's right. usually and whether they think they're right or wrong. Like they never think they're wrong. <laughs> they are central to the conflict. Okay, at all times. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not saying like I, I, I'm usually the same. I'm the same person. I'm an outspoken person that likes to be involved. Mm-hmm. I, I get FOMO for everything, which is bad. I wish I didn't get FOMO for fucking fights, but <laughs> can't believe you had five. When me. there is something to be said, I will say it. Yeah. In that sort of environment, because they're family. Like, you know them, you've always known them. Like, there's a certain level of comfortability. It's kind of like, I was talking about this with my boss the other day. One of the questions we're talking about in terms of, like, um, burnout and, like, longevity in the workplace and things was, like, how do your coworkers know that you're, like, not in a good place? Mm -hmm. And then how do your family members know? And those are two very different responses. I would say in a professional environment, something is wrong if I'm quiet. Mm-hmm. But in a family environment, they'd be like, she's being a nasty bitch. Interesting. <laughs> right? Because with co- within a professional environment and with friends, but like, yeah, with just like sort of close, like normal friends, level friends, instead of like reacting, I'll probably just like um, withdraw mm-hmm. because I want to be liked and I want to look professional or like likable. So I just like the only thing I know to do is be quiet right. and just like sort of like look a bit moody. Like, okay. some, you know something, you don't, you You're know, I don't message. agree, yeah. but I'm not going to outwardly like have a go. Yeah. With family, I think people are more willing to serve, mm-hmm. like fucking blow chunks everywhere and give this like hard hitting opinion, whether they're the most ridiculous person in the world. Mm-hmm. Cause I think there's this level of like, well, you know me, you know what I'm like, deal with it. Yeah. I think there's like this sort of like blood runs thicker than water, like idea mm. that you can say what you want to these people, which is just not the case, especially nowadays. I agree. Like I, um, in theory, I am so, so, okay. <laughs> it's just hard to say, cause I'm not, ta- I'm not really talking from experience. If someone has a problematic family member and they're like, oh, like I, you know, basically like I hate them and they make me feel this way and I'm not happy with who they are and I don't like them at all. I don't want to spend time with them, but I have to, cause they're my blah. I'm always the one who's like, why you don't have to, who cares? You didn't fucking pick them. Yeah. Like it just happened to be that way. I'm so, I'm not a proponent of like, well, but they're family. So we have to, and I just want to, it's like weird thing for me to say because I haven't had that experience. But like, if someone comes to me and is like, oh, but they're my family. I'm like, who cares? Not relevant. You know, and this, this is something that made me, that triggered me. You might have this experience. You might not, but I think that part of it for our generation is that our parents' generation are very much the type who are like, let's just not. A, a lot of our mothers, and I love how I've just said that my f- parents love conflict, but at the <laughs> same time, like, my parents are definitely the, like, respect your elders. Yeah. Like, they can say what they want to their siblings and their parents mm-hmm. as adults, but when I was a child, it was very much like, you will not speak out of turn and you will not talk to adults like that. Like, you will respect them no matter what they say or do. Right. Right. Because of their age and because of my age. And I think that's that like, is waspy? 
Yeah. Which is white Anglo-Saxon. Protestant. Yes. Yeah. Which is kind of like this, like, keep the family together idea. It basically just like keeping like everything inside and it's like, oh, we want to make it look from the outside like everything's all good, yes. even if it's not. I think that's definitely something of like um, our mother's sort of generation is very much, and the grandmother's is like, you just put the food on the table, you bring the dessert, you smile, you wave, you say, you kiss goodbye and you fuck off. Yeah. And then you say what you want in the car on the way home. Like that's definitely, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's definitely the sort of vibes I got growing up as like you attended, you, especially, and I'm not saying it was family. My parents were always like having the dig, but with family, friends and things when right. you didn't agree with like the way they were raising their children or the decisions they made, it was like, ha ha ha. And then in the car at home, you're like, fuck that. Yeah. Because it was all about saving face. Yeah, like, just being polite. And, yeah. yeah, even if you – and I just – I think that something that I love about our generation is that expectation is just not there. Mm. Like, we are now the ones who go back to our parents and, like, why do you put up with that? Yeah. And, like, I think in terms of friends – and I think it's a product of social media and the fact that we're always we're, – we're sort of performing socially all the time. Mm -hmm. So we're more willing to be like, fuck off, I don't have the energy for this. Yeah. Like – the way they're expected to perform for other people is like so heightened that a lot of us don't make time for everyone anymore. We're like, well, if I have to do this all the time, I may as well do it with the people I like. Yes. Like having very curated, like these people are my close friends. It's like you dictate who you feed your energy to like mm -hmm. much in much clearer boundaries nowadays, I think. But I think the other thing with that is that, well, I mean, when I was growing up, my, like mum always taught my sister and I that respect is earned, not mm. given. And, but we were always raised to be very polite. Like I was the person who, like when I was a kid, everyone's parents loved me. Cause I was like, Oh, hello. Like, how was your day? What a lovely home. Like mm. that kind of vibe. I was always that person. Cause I was raised to be polite no matter what, like you give politeness, but you don't have to give respect. And that was like what, and it was very, um, I don't know, like it wasn't like, Co uh, it, was, it was covert. It wasn't overtly stated. But then when I got to high school, I realized that, oh, that is how I've been raised. And my mum actually said, like, I've never raised you to, like, just give respect. Respect is earned. And I was like, that makes so much sense. But I think with the thing about what you're saying about, like, our generation is different, it kind of is can be different in, like, you know, extended family um, settings because your parent or your mom, because honestly it is usually the mom who does instill these kinds of values. It's when your mom is there, sometimes it's just easier to be like, I'm just going to do what they like. I'm just not going to make a fuss because it's not just me. My mom is, you know, or like you, I think I've spoken to a lot of people who are worried that their parents are going to get in trouble for their behavior yeah. at family gatherings, um, which I think is unfortunate, but I just think that's where we often pick the battle and we're just like, can I be bothered with this today? Yeah. Because I have to wear it because you, we always do. We always have to wear the, like the fallout from the drama. Sorry, I'm just like looking at this. All these memories are flooding back. Everything you're saying, like everything you're saying about your childhood experiences, like flooding back into like what I used to, how I used to behave. Yeah, and um, I'm trying to think of why. Mm -hmm. Like I always, I always wanted to be like well behaved, like smarter, more mature child, but I wasn't. I often rebelled in the form of like fucking up at these family gatherings. Really, and it's not. It's not like my personality to do that. Now. No, it's very different. It's really strange. It's really strange that I'm thinking this now. Like, I think part of it is that my parents often would turn to me as like their 
eldest therapy daughter. Emotional support daughter. Yes. The oldest daughter is always, yeah. yeah. And I would be the one that they'd bitch to about these things and explain. So I feel like I was part of like the social complex of these things very early in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of the control I regained was knowing these things about these people. Oh. And then when things didn't go my way. Utilizing the information. Yeah. Like if I was upset at Christmas or like if – um, I remember like one instance where I was a really nasty little cow um, <laughs> when I wasn't allowed to sit at the adults table for a dinner. Oh, hate that queen. Because the other kids were fucking stupid. I don't want to fucking, not my cousin. I fucking love my cousins <laughs> and my family, Yeah, but I used to fuck up there, but I mean it like family friends I didn't like. Yeah, right. If it didn't go my way, yeah. I would like throw a spanner in the works of my parents and they'd like give me those like eyes, like I'm going to hurt you later. <laughs> If you continue this. <laughs> my mum does have that look. But it was like my way of getting back at them for like making me endure their fucking shitty gossip. Well, my mum's look is when you like lick the knife or something. And she's just like, do ever do that again. Ah. I raised you better than this. But it's funny because like, again, something I pride myself on, I say this all the time, is like reading the play. And mm-hmm. I liked growing up, being at the adults table and forming my own opinions about these people. Yeah, I knew who I liked and didn't like from a very young age. You know how your parents always say, like, I don't like that friend of yours when you're in primary school and they're always right? Yes, hate that. I was also <laughs> right about my parents' friends. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> I always, I remember saying, like, I don't like them in the car. Then they wouldn't see them a few years later. I'd be like, fuck, it was me. Told you. Told yeah. you. Yeah. Right? I feel like I knew, and part of it was because they bitched me, but part of me was like, well, why do you hang out Bad with these people? Yeah, it yeah, makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Back to it. They're always problematic. Yes. Mm-mm. Anyway. But it's interesting, like, the way that we're brought up and the way that we perceive, like, the relationships we have. And then as we I, – I also think it must be tough for these adults who've watched us literally from birth to see us as having these strongly formed opinions. I understand why that would be challenging. Mm. I would struggle if, you know, I gave birth – not interested, by the way – gave birth <laughs> and then, like – was cleaning up the child's shit and teaching it to use a spoon. And then one day it turned around and was like, you're a fucking idiot, mum." <laughs> I too would be like, how dare you? <laughs> I made you. I made you. And now you disagree. You know what I mean? Like, that's ridiculous. I wouldn't be like, how dare you step out of line. But I would be like, I, I think I'm now at a point with my parents, like just now at the age of 23, mm-hmm. where I have conversations with them and I feel like I can change their mind on an issue. Interesting. I feel like I can say, but have you thought about the fact that the Liberal Party are full of fuckwits? And they might be like, hmm. You- Interesting point you've in- brought up there. Interesting. I've <laughs> literally never thought about that before. <laughs> and then I feel like I'm changing the waves. Like I'm, I'm, the tide is changing. Yeah. I felt like that for the last couple of years. But in terms of just with what you said before about how like imagine, you know, these people have seen you grow up from being a baby. I don't think that's an excuse. It's not. But I think it's an interesting point to be made because mm. like – you know what's interesting? My grandfather, I have all four grandparents, right? Mm-hmm. My grandfather is the one who continuously, like, he, I can't be friends with him on Facebook. He has, like, seven accounts. And he consistently posts, like, Murdoch media headlines to his Facebook, like, pictures of the paper and then, like, has sexist and racist comments on them oh, as God. the status. Yeah. And I couldn't do it. And then one day, I remember I was, like, 17 or 18, and I, like, went back in on the Facebook comments and, like, like went hard mm-hmm. and my uncles came in and like fought with me about the fact that I'd like called him out in front of everyone. Oh, it was the way I'd gone about it though. because I shared it to my profile so people could see that I was right. friends with and they, those people jumped in as well. Yeah. So I understand. 
I understand. I have gotten into those things, not not with family really, um, but with people. And I'm just like, if you're going to fucking post this on a yep. public page, and it's not my fucking problem, you don't understand how the internet works, but I just have no time for that at all. I'm like, you fucking po- you posted this publicly. Yeah. You, well, you're not going to stand by your opinions anymore. Where's your racism now? Yeah. You're not being a staunch racist. No, but here's the thing. Fucking piss me it off. It was one of the how first times you? I honestly thought my dad, because it's my dad's side of the family, and I thought my dad was going to ring me and be like, Hannah, like, you can't. But he thought it was hilarious what I'd done. <laughs> he was like, did you see that? You <laughs> fucking went off. And I was like, and you know what the best part was? My grandfather loved it, what I did. He was like, he was in the comments like, what about this? Like, like he wanted to have the discussion, right? But does he want to have a discussion or did he want to have a fight? No, no. He actually doesn't know how to use Facebook well enough to know it's a fight. Okay. And to him, it's not a fight because he's the kind of guy that's just like, someone's responding to my my post. Like, they're disagreeing. Like, let's get into it. Like, it's not. Did he know that? He disagreed. Yes. So he knows that you were calling him out for being problematic? Yes. He knew, interesting. Not really but my following. uncles disagreed, and I understand. I actually, I actually agree that it was the wrong thing to do the way I went about it. My uncles disagreed about the way that I publicized him on my platform so that people would jump in and have a go at this old man. But I think if you're able, was that your thought? Was that your what you wanted to happen? Um, I did think, you know that it was going to happen? I think what I wanted was to show people what I had done. I think at the time I was being selfish and it was for my own publicity of what right, I'd done. Gotcha, so I, gotcha, I think that, I and I think they picked up that, like. I'm saying what I did was wrong, mm-hmm. but I stand by it now. Like the fact of the matter was he did something fucked. Yeah. And like someone had to call him out and I was yep. sick of it. The best part was one of my cousins messaged me privately and was like, I'm so glad you did that. Mm-hmm. And it was funny. Cause like we're all related and it was like one of their parents that was like, how dare you Hannah? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Classic, classic family stuff on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like, and everyone does this, especially with this anti-vax stuff coming out at the moment. Like I think a lot of people are getting into those sorts of experiences with their relatives. I can't do it anymore. I've had enough run-ins on Facebook with my family that I just don't want to be friends or like uh, talk on social media because I think it's problematic and I never see them. So Mm -hmm. there's no point. Um, And the hard part is I love them and enjoy them Mm -hmm. so much. Yeah. I don't think they feel the same way about me anymore. But (laughs) They do not love nor enjoy you. (laughs) I I really love them. I wish I saw them more. But these are the issues where when it's on Facebook and when it's different age groups and when it's like the premise of disagreement, it's not really about the issue. It's about the disagreement and the way that it's everything's worded and the tone and just it's just the way it happens. I think it's easier in person. I find it easier at a family dinner to be like, fuck off. Right. Easier than online. Yeah. Interesting, because now the more I think about it, I've actually gone the reverse of what might be typical and what it seems like you've said. Like, because you would make a, you've like have made the fuss when you're younger. I never did that. I never made the fuss when I was younger. But I didn't make the fuss about important things. I was just a bitch. I, d- <laughs> I didn't make a fuss at all. But now, like with my my family, know, um, they completely know my beliefs, and nothing really comes as a surprise. And so I don't like when it comes up, everyone's kind of like, when's Kristen going to say something like, so it's not really, I don't know in my, in my like situation, it's not, I'm not putting myself in any kind of, you know, problematic position because they're all just like, I'm going to say this. And I'm going to wait to see what Kristen says about it. But for me, it's more like other situations. It's not my family where I've like the older I get, the more I'm like, no, I'm going to say something. Yeah. And I know that sometimes I will like scope out the room and I'm like, 
what is going to be the vibe if I say something because oftentimes I don't want to be saying something on my own. Like if I call something out as being problematic, I like would really like someone to agree like with me. Like your cousin or like? Um, not family. Oh, okay. Not family. Yeah, like I'm just like scoping the room. I'm like, who's going to agree with me? And if there's no one, usually I don't say it, which I don't like. Yeah. And maybe one day, like in a few more years, I will be like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, do it because I was actually at this event last night and someone mansplained to me what my job was and that was cool and he like told me how I should be doing my job better he was he was not doing a job anything like mine by the way <laughs> might be might come as a shock to some is that a shock and wow. I and I got I like I was like well I like probed him more and I'm getting more comfortable doing that because you don't have to start a fight like that's what I always thought I was like oh I don't want to get into like a it's this like argument so awkward but usually people who have these outspoken like I guess generally conservative opinions if you start to ask them about it they actually have no clue what they're talking about and if you ask some questions, you're like, oh, what do you mean by that? Okay, you want something to be this way. What would that look like? What would be the next steps? What are you doing about this issue? Oh, nothing? Wow, that's really fucking shocking, mate. Mm. Like, how about you, you know, I just think there are so many ways to go about it that's not just like, let's have a fight at lunch. And I think that the older I get, the more I'm like, comf first of all, comfortable with it. And second of all, like, understand that it doesn't have to be this huge fucking fight. Like, there's plenty of ways to go about it that are I guess just more ple pleasant to be around like I never I hate being the kind of instigator of some kind of like not even drama Battle. but yeah all just like everyone just being a bit on edge because when other people are like having this weird argument at lunch and I'm there and I feel uncomfortable I hate that yeah. I'm just like, ew, yikes. Because in through my head, I'm just like, should I do something to diffuse the tension? Should I start having another conversation and pretend like, like I can't hear this? But I just, I think that there are ways to like engage with people like that in a productive way. Um, but the other thing is like, there's so many people who you're never going to change their mind and is it even worth it? Yeah. I, I, that's a, that's exactly right. Like, I don't want to, and I think it comes with a level of privilege to be able to be like, I'm going to fucking start a fight. Yeah. Like, it's not fair, but me calling someone out at dinner, like, or lunch or whatever event, like, being able to just create the fight and feel comfortable enough to be able to do it is privilege as well. Like, yeah, there's a lot of, of people that are like, I cannot, like, it's it might be about their actual, like, their, wellness, their, yes. their, their life, their safety yeah. is at risk in those situations and they literally have to grin and bear it or they're at risk. Yeah, their, their identity, like people are talking about their identity. Yeah, and yeah. that is like, I it comes with like a really selfish sense and like aspect of me that's like, oh, I fucking love, you know, instigating or igniting something. Mm -hmm. But I think it, that's not true. I think the majority of these things, for me, it's like I have to be pushed to the absolute brink to be like, I'm going to now fucking call out my old grandfather. Like, because what's the point? Like, that is like, I, I don't like it because it's also exhausting. Yeah. And I do feel a sense of shame. Mm -hmm. Do you find this? Like, if I do this in a public setting, I often feel really ashamed of myself that I've caused tension for others. Yes. Who are just trying to have like a nice event. Yes. But it's like that balance between like, that was too far. Like how, where does the line exist for like what has to be crossed in order to, to call someone out? Mm -hmm. I think it's a really complex thing because it depends on the setting, professional, social, um, workplace, family. Like there's so many different settings and to know when to put your hand up and to know when to stick your neck out is, is really tough. 
It is. And like, so glad you brought this up because this is something like we had this conversation via voice notes a few weeks ago is that I always, always come out of conversation and then like think about it for days being like, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have pushed. And what I said back was, I don't think the other person's even thinking about it anymore. Exactly. And it's like a lot of the time I'm like, I didn't even say like with more perspective, I'm like, I didn't even say anything. I didn't like attack your, your, you know, identity or anything like that. But I'm just kind of like, I just feel bad. Ah, I don't know. And I fucking hate that. I'm like, this is, this is what I said to you earlier. Uh, why do I have to carry that? Like, why does, and I, a lot of the time I feel it's because I'm a young woman. Like, why do I have to carry that shit when I know you haven't even fucking thought about it once? And I will say like, and I think a lot of our people who listen to our podcast will really resonate with this. I think that the people that are in our position politically and morally and socially, um, like we're quite vocal. Like obviously a lot of our family and friends know about Cheek, yeah. right? And I think that there comes with that this certain sense of like prodding the bear. Yeah. Like they particularly want to like say something to us to catch us off guard, to ignite a response for their own joy. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, sometimes like a relative might call me and say something and I know it's just to get that reaction. On a phone call. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. there are instances where like people who aren't on my sort of – aren't in my political lane of, of views – I know they're saying something because they're interested in seeing how that unfolds for yeah. their own benefit. And if I give them the rise they want, I think about it for days afterwards, whereas they've just ticked a box. Yeah. Like often they don't care or remember. It's just like fun conversational element for them. But what I leave feeling is like this weird shame that I've like caused a conflict or like yeah. brought something up, even though I'm literally just like responding. responding. Yeah. And that is, that is such fucking bullshit. Like I've had those experiences in workplaces where I have pulled back dramatically, like multiple times it's been because the per the other person has been above me or is in charge of me, like is my boss or my manager or whatever. And I have like had to pull back and then I've had to think about it for days and be like, oh shit, did I offend them? Like just because they brought up something that they knew would like in quotes, like trigger something in me and I would say something and then they could be like, oh, Kristen, I'm so sensitive. Like this whole fucking <laughs> snowflake bullshit is so, so ridiculous because the thing is the left is like criticized in quotes for being like emotionally in touch and like, you know, I guess more gentle around people's feelings and stuff like that. That's what we're criticized for. I think that's an asset because I think that is like having empathy for others and like trying to understand the position of people who are less privileged than you. Fucking sue me for that. Sorry. But the problem is these like these conservative people and it's a certain brand of people, like everyone knows one of them at least, hopefully they don't, but these people like specifically poke at you and then they're like, why are you being so emotional? Like, you're being so dramatic. Oh, I've offended her. I'm like, yep. you haven't fucking offended me. You're just so fucking wrong. And you are, like, you are being awful. Like, you live on a truly, diet of Sky News. <laughs> literally, truly fucking awful. And then they go about their life and it's like, hee hee, back to my own, back to my bullshit. And then I'm sitting here like, now I am fucking thinking about that person's feelings, which is bullshit because, again, like the left, more emotional, more empathetic. And now I'm fucking having empathy more for these fucking pieces of shit. It is so – I'm so fucking sick of it. It makes me so fucking angry because I actually can't 
Like it just takes, I'm just like, oh, it just I takes don't know time. how to wade through it. It just takes time, yeah. like a few days. And then like, I'll have to, you know, I'll, I like send a voice note to Hannah and she like reassures me that it's fine. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm so angry. Why do I have to carry this with me? It's a burden. And this, I could be doing so much more productive stuff with this energy. The part of it that's tough, I think, and the part of it that is why it frustrates us and why we wade through it for fucking days is because we know that we actually could have said nothing at all because the reason that we've engaged in the conversation is not because we think we're going to change their minds or have like a productive discussion, but because we know we've just reacted to their like bait. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest part is it's like, oh, I haven't changed their mind. I've just given them a piece of my mind and it's actually just made me feel bad about myself and I fucking hate them and yep. now there's nothing productive that's come from this except bad feelings. Mm-hmm. Like and I think that's the difference is like I have to f- move forward and decide what conversations are worth it. Yeah. Because what that is is that I feel bad that I've given my time and my fucking energy for it's not just 20 minutes of a conversation, it's days. Yes. It is days for what? Yeah. For what? Exactly. For their enjoyment. Exactly. And that's almost why we feel so bad. Exactly. And because it, and it is sometimes really hard to pick those battles because I don't know, it depends on how the person goes about it. Like sometimes someone will genuinely like, you know, or appear to genuinely ask a question that's actually just baiting you. Or sometimes they'll just say something that's so fucking dumb that you're like, oh, actually, like you've got a fact wrong. You've got a stat wrong. Like, where did you read that? That has been debunked. And like, for a lot of, and I'm sure I'm definitely not alone in this, but like for a lot of people, it's like, I, I can't not mm. because you're so fucking wrong. And like the news that I engage with, all of this bullshit commentary that I see day on day on week on week, then hearing it spouted by someone you, you know, a friend, someone you work with, someone in your like outer circle, someone you're, it, who's in your family is just so, it's just like, I don't know, it's something about seeing these things online and being like oh that's awful like theoretically and then seeing someone in your real life in the flesh repeat something that you thought was so outrageous that no one could ever believe Mm -hmm. is just like oh my god like i think that for a second i do lose a little bit of rationality in those situations and like when i look back i'm like a lot of time i'm like shouldn't have engaged but in the moment it is really fucking hard to not but in saying this, something that like I also think about is like, you know, when we say like, oh, we just look at them like, what the fuck has made you think that? Like, I can't believe someone like you could fucking think something like that. Like, mm-hmm. it's like this enraging thing. Like, you actually believe that right wing fucking bullshit. Like, oh, fairy bread's cancelled, right? <laughs> they want to left on a rename fairy bread. But the question for me is, what do they think when we respond? Like, what do we? What do they think of the statements that we're making? Like, what could they possibly think when we're like? I just think that refugees shouldn't be in detention. What what do they think? Fuck, that's ridiculous. I can't believe someone would think that. They like, do. But but how? How could that possibly 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 be a fucking rational response? It's not rational, but they've been they've like the divide, been taught to be scared of refugees. I just I I don't understand how like they could look at us saying I'm going to get a vaccination to protect my health and the health of my community and loved ones. And they're like, you fucking sheeple. Like, <laughs> like I understand it's more about like what they think I'm putting into my body, blah, 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 blah. But like, when I think about those things and I think about the fundamental message we're trying to send, I don't understand how they could think we're fucking moronic for those ideals. It's funny you bring this up now because just this morning I was listening to an episode of the daily and by the New York Times, great podcast. Great podcast. And it's called We're Going to Take Over the World. 
And it is basically about the conspiracy theories around 9-11. And it's actually September 11 when we're recording this. This episode basically, and I'm not going to recap it, like you should definitely go listen. It's about the conspiracies surrounding 9-11. And basically it tells the story of this one guy who after 9-11, he went to a place, which I think was a school, and he went into the urinal and there was a picture of Bin Laden's face in the urinal. The people using those urinals were peeing on the face of Bin Laden, right? And I'm assuming this is like some kind of like weird, weird fuck you that Americans do. And so he was like, he's like, so, you know, I was there and I was like peeing on the face of this guy. And then I just thought, I need to be sure that this guy actually did that. And I was like, I was like, holy fucking shit. This is a very interesting insight into the mind of a conspiracy theorist. Because I was like, imagine. That triggering this whole. Because obviously you're coming to the the table. Yes. Imagine coming to the table with this like, I have to now find things that say it wasn't. Exactly. It's not going to be genuine research into whether he did it. It's going to be genuine research into what says he didn't. But like what? But just to think that. I know. It's like, it's just so, it's so bizarre. And I'm just like, I don't understand the world the way that I thought that I did. And so there are people who, and like, have you heard um, this whole thing about the disinformation dozen? Oh, I said that to you. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I was going to bring it up and say, did you see the thing I sent you? (gasps) There's the disinformation dozen, basically 12 people who are responsible for two thirds of the anti-vax content in the world comes back to these literally handful what, 66% of, of content can be traced back to these to people. Them, yeah. yeah. To six people, 12. to 12 people in the whole world. So I just think that they're wrong. 12 people could <laughs> be wrong. Yes. It's possible. <laughs> um, but it's just that I think that it's really difficult for people like us to understand people like that because it is so like, it's just shit that you never even, think of because like sometimes like i can understand why people think it's right to vote liberal like they're definitely wrong and they need to (laughs) look into it but they they think like oh economy that's what they're thinking and i understand that the associations are really limited yes like as in those are very limited thoughts if that's how oh yeah of course of course very limited thoughts but the people who are so sure about you know being an anti-vaxxer or the fact that refugees deserve to be locked in um in quotes, administrative detention, which is a prison um, with no human rights, like, I just think that they have just been fed this very specific information that people like someone who pees on the face of a picture of Osama bin Laden and then thinks immediately, I'm, it is my mission to make sure that this man actually did what he, Imagine thinking what they that said. Important. I know. So it's just, I just, I guess my point is... <laughs> It's impossible to understand these people. And I think that... Maybe we shouldn't try. Maybe we should just move about our day proving, like, furthering our mission. Yes. I don't want to say the word mission now because now I feel like I'm the man. (laughs) But, I, yeah, it is... It's really, like, I don't have an answer for, like, when to engage or when to not. Like, I was harassed on the street the other day. She engaged. I engaged because I was... Upset by it. It was so fucking... Like, I don't know. Disgusting. I ne- Yes, it was disgusting. I've just, I've never, I have engaged once before, but not like this. Like, I literally marched up to this man and I was like, what did you say to me? And then he had the audacity to say, why are you getting up in my face? And I was like, mate, 
you are like a head taller than me and a man. I'm not, don't fucking pretend that I'm getting in your face. I didn't say any of that, this. I was like, what did you say to me? And then he's just like, oh, you're fucking fucking blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm simply asking a question. What did you say to me? Anyway, in hindsight, I don't know. It depends on the day. Some days I'm like, definitely should not have engaged or anything. Some days I'm like, oh, well, good for me. So I don't know. It's impossible to know. It's impossible to know whether you've made the right call until after you've made it and then either regret or <laughs> not. You're absolutely right. So just look after yourself. Full stop. Look after yourself, queens. End of pod. End of pod. If you found us just totally relatable and quirky, come back next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, head to cheekmedia.com.au to tide you over until then. Bye. Goodbye.